Welcome to the third episode of Between Worlds podcast, a podcast that uncovers the minds of common people. 105 billion people have lived on Earth, of whom 5.5% are alive today. Thanks to the evolution of media, we have been able to learn about others. In our ego-driven reality, a lot of the time we focus on celebrities. Some of the best human beings are the ones that don't have Instagram, for example. They live without the desire to be known. These are those types of people that when you meet them, you know. They trigger something inside of us that wakes us from our sleeping state. Today, I have with me a friend that I met during my travels in India, like most of my guests. His name is Felipe Cadena, this radically humble being that articulates his words in such profound ways. I cannot wait for you to meet him. Today, my friend Felipe, whom I met traveling India, joins us live from Thailand. Felipe, thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm so <laughs> happy to be talking to you my dear friend so, so cool. the podcast doesn't specifically talk about just one topic we jump mm -hmm. and dance around questions and ideas obviously we get to know you a little bit but no one really knows who you are um, it's not a mm -hmm. podcast where the title states how to or the story of becoming a samurai bye mm -hmm. um, you're unknown <laughs> so people get to know you and the mind of a common person based on my questions. However, mm -hmm. if I bring someone like Russell Brand to my show, we know who he is to an extent. In this case, I wouldn't ask him about his life. I would ask him my questions and we would get to know him deeper based on my questions, not about his life. It's not about what you've done. It's about stripping you naked and seeing what's left. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, perfect. You, so, I, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to get naked? <laughs> yes, definitely. Let's dance. So here you can speak freely, uncensored, and abstract. We're not like politically or socially correct. We're just talking, no judgment or attachments. Okay, nice. And you're my first guest who has a child. <laughs> now, oh. why does this matter? Well, to me, it adds another dimension of responsibility. And I feel like this influences our ideas and concepts of self. I'll understand that more as I continue to talk with more people who are parents and versa to collect that data. So now let's see how a father thinks. Are you ready to begin? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Do you consider yourself a common person? I do. Yes, I am very, uh, yeah, like everyone else, just a dude. Just a dude. Is that yes. something that you've thought of before? Yes, I consider that everyone uh, has exactly the same um, gifts, talents, obviously expressed in different manners. Uh, we are obviously expressing intelligence and universal intelligence in different ways. And that's why we came to this dance world. So, yeah, we are all exactly the same. We have all exactly the same things, the things that we decided to come to this earth with, to this earth with different gifts and talents that obviously we, we begin to discover them during life. And obviously we can develop new ones. But yeah, I consider myself to be very normal. 
When was your last epiphany? Oh, <laughs> just some days ago. Um, yeah, just some. Yeah, I've been following a guy that I love very much that is called Bashar. And I've been like listening to his whole list of podcasts. And uh, as, as I told you before we began to record, I, I consider that our next octave, octave, I don't know how to say it in English, of mm -hmm. consciousness is realizing that we can and we must enter into creating our reality the way that we want it because we are universes by ourselves already. The thing is that the power that is within us is so big, is so immense, is infinite, in fact. We are just preparing ourselves to create in a bigger and bigger and bigger way. The moment we create our lives, we are managing and we are um, understanding how the laws of the universe work. And we will be suns, we will be stars into another universe. We, by, by ourselves, we are separate universes. So because of that, we need to begin to work on creating our reality with the help of everyone else, but especially and most importantly, the way that the universe is made. So I consider that the, the next level of consciousness is to really manifest consciously. And for that, I have to begin to be part of this game and be an active part of this game of what we call Lila, or what we call the game of the universe, or what we call creation itself. Um, so that, that came to me and I said, wow, this is, is fantastic, right? And the way that we, that we can like, begin to see if it's working or not is just realizing how, how it's like looking at our lives. Is this what I want to, is, it, is this what I want to live? Is there something else that I want to leave? Is there something in my life that is completely out of alignment? And then we will see just by evaluating the external world, then we see how are we doing. Um, so yeah, that's, that was my epiphany. <laughs> it's so profound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm what sorry. you just said it was so profound and then at the end you said yeah that was my epiphany <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was it oh thank you for sharing that can you tell thank everyone you. your birth origins and how you ended up changing your life to start this new one you live now well I, I lived for uh, 42 years in Colombia I was born in 75, December 18, uh, and I, I was pretty much following the standards of what society was telling me that I needed to do. Um, 
I was working for a company out in my 25, when I was 24, 25. I began to work on um, investment banking and I worked on the bank also and I, I was just following the rules, you know. And uh, when I was 28, I had the chance to go and do an MBA in uh, NYU or even in MIT. But then I, like I said, I, I began to doubt about what, what was, why was I going to do that? Why was I going to spend that much money? And why was I going to uh, create that path into my life? And then I began to to question, is this really what I want to do? Is this really what I want to dedicate my life to? And I said, no, this is not. So I began to create my own company. I, I founded my own company. This was 18 years ago. Uh, and I worked on it for 17 years. In fact, I just coasted last year. And uh, I'm 46 right now. So like I stopped it when I was 43, I think, 44, like two years ago, yeah. And uh, I, I had a, a, like, you know, normal life. I began to have relationships and, and things here and things there and doubting about what was happening with my life. And at 33, I had a deep crisis. I had a deep depression that, you know, when you, you, you don't even know that you're in a depression, just know that there's something going on. And so I went deep into my, into my own shadow uh, and I began to work on it. Um, and the first thing that I did was very, very funny because I did like a, a course on angels. And I, like, you know, it was very strange that I was into that field. Uh, and then I began to work on myself with a coach. Um, uh, he calls himself like a spiritual coach. And then I entered into yoga, and then I began to go deep into yoga, Kundalini yoga. I studied for two years in an academy in, in Bogota. Then I entered into Hatha yoga, integral yoga. Um, and, and, you know, and one thing led to the other. I did also 10 years of uh, Tai Chi. I did uh, Tai Chi and Qigong at the same time. It was the same teacher. We were working with energy. And uh, then at 42, I had a second big crisis. I ended up a relationship that I loved dearly. And my father passed away. My dog, I had to put my dog to sleep. The, the house where I was living in 2017 was um, the landlady asked me to give to, I mean, to give her the, the house back because uh, whatever. And then, so I, I began to, to create, like everything was already, already in my hands to do whatever I wanted. So I began to travel the world. And here I am, four years, three years after that, I began to travel in 2018. Uh, I planned this trip for five years. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm at 45 at least. At, I mean, 45 was my, my last uh, chance to do it. I, I wanted to, um, to completely release my company and 
detached myself from everything. So I sold everything and I began to travel, but I could do it three years earlier than, than what I thought. Um, yeah, that's it. Wow, you do an impressive job in compartmentalizing your life. <laughs> <laughs> All the layers, you did a really, really good job. Thank you. We met traveling um, in Oroville. And Oroville is a futuristic experimental community in India. It's in the state of Tamil Nadu and very close to a city that was a French colonial settlement in India until 1954. And the city is called Pondicherry. Um, I will link Oroville's website so you can learn more about the mother and Sri Aurobindo, the two beings who collaborated on the vision. Now I will read the first paragraph of The Dream, which is basically its manifesto. There should be somewhere on earth a place which no nation could claim as its own, where all human beings of goodwill who have a sincere aspiration could live freely as citizens of the world and obey one single authority, that of the supreme truth, a place of peace, concord and harmony, where all the fighting instincts of man would be used exclusively to conquer the causes of his sufferings and miseries, to surmount his weaknesses and ignorance, to triumph over his limitations and incapacities, a place where the needs of the spirit and the concern for progress would take precedence over the satisfaction of desires and passions, the search for pleasure and material enjoyment. Now, what inspired your trip to Oroville? Wow, Mother and Aurobindo first. I was okay. studying uh, Aurobindo's words and uh, Aurobindo's work. I got deep into it. I got deep into the into the practice of integral yoga, um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to to see the place uh, where where what where was that Aurobindo? What was the the place and how was that community and how is it that they, they're working right now how is it that they're investing their time i just wanted to go and 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 know the place you know as much as i could because i'm i'm not an Aurelian and i'm not living there um, and right now i don't know if i would like to live there uh, but at that moment it was that was my interest and that was when we met first time that After was your first met, time i came yeah. back Yes, uh -huh, after we okay. met, I came back. So you just yes. said that you don't know that you would want to live there, but would you desire that kind of lifestyle? Yes, or definitely. Um, the, in fact, that's that's what I'm having right now. I am. My life is dedicated to the mastery of myself with a daily practice, with the practice during my dream time, with practice during my day, observing my mind, meditating every day, uh, creating my life the way that I want it coaching myself and receiving help also from other people, uh, receiving therapy. Uh, right now, by the way, I'm, I'm looking for someone that it's, that can, you know, like sort of coach me or give me therapy specifically on, on, on subject that I'm working with. And uh, yeah, and, and keep on, keep on, keep on doing it. You know? And uh, my master, my real master is my own life. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's, that's the way that I'm living. Uh, thank God I don't have to work uh, because I, I planned it uh, well enough so I can receive the money that I need to live. And where if I, if I just, uh, uh, I, if I don't spend that much money, I can even save 
of of the money that I'm receiving. So that is that is like some sort of what we all can create. And so I'm living my message and I'm living my life uh, the way that I that I want it. Do you think society is heading down a path to smaller rural community living? I think that society needs to collapse. We uh, we are definitely focusing ourselves uh, into smaller communities, into smaller collectivities, because mankind has not yet the consciousness to live in such big cities without losing individuality, without losing himself, because we haven't found ourselves yet. Mm-hmm. Or at least we are inside the process. But the, it's nothing good or nothing bad in the end. We don't know how, I mean, we wouldn't exist if what we call obscurity wasn't present. We wouldn't exist because we need density. We need obscurity in order for us to live into, into, the, into, the, into our bodies. And uh, so we are right now entering a process of deep darkness, but not everyone. At least I am not there. I consider myself to be observing what is happening, but at the same time, I I know that this has a purpose, a deeper purpose, um, as everything in our lives. Whatever is happening to us that we don't want, if we face that event, that experience, with the knowledge and the knowing that there is something to be learned out of that experience, we will sort it out, find a solution, and find light. So that is what is happening. And yes, we will begin to live in smaller communities, definitely. Okay. A concern in these self-sufficient communities is law and order. What do we do when we don't have law enforcement if there's bad cookies in the community? You know, two things. First, there is no better governance than self-governance. And second, the moment we begin to live conscious life we the moment we begin to focus our intentions into serving humanity we will attract and we will survive the way that we can with the tools that we have and we will always find solutions if there are some people that are uh, like going like beyond the society, the, the, like the, let's see, let's say like the, the limits of the, of that, of that community, that people, the same people of the community can understand that these cookies, as you call them, are living, are giving to that same community exactly what that community needs to be solved because they are only the expression of something that is vibrating inside that community that attracted exactly those cookies inside that community. 
And the way to solve that is by facing the shadows of the same community by going through the process of um, let's say let's see let's say like uh, let's say like motivating or inspiring those individuals to work on their traumas to work on whatever is stuck in their emotional and body consciousness and mental consciousness that is not allowing them to live fully i don't know if i'm I, if i made myself clear no you did <laughs> and it, okay. was it was really beautiful and informative and like responsible um is the word that came to me like very responsible and integral it's very integrated this it's not not the community and the person it's one so i really i really like that um how do you understand this fifth dimension the spiritual and consciousness communities are describing the new earth well i don't i i know like one mental explanation of what are dimensions mm -hmm. but i can i cannot speak about what is the 5d because i'm not I mean, I, I'm not familiar with that expression, basically. Mm -hmm. But how I see this new earth, um, we are splitting into the people that are interested on working on themselves, on learning the technology of the being, on learning the laws of the universe from the perspective that we are almighty and all-powerful, everyone by him or herself and the people that are still needing to go into their deep darkness to go into that depression and to go into that crisis because the crisis will give them the the force the, the strength to get out of it otherwise they will not take this issue or this uh, this empowerment for real if if i may i would i would say that the crises are very necessary into the human life because crises are there for you to give you the strength to finally follow a path that is a different path Otherwise, there is no there is no enough motivation. So we need that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is what is happening. We are splitting. And how I see this new earth, I see people that is working on first of all discovering what are their talents and their gifts, what uh, what are they good at, and what can they offer to others. Uh, because when we work towards the other, then we will receive much more, not by ourselves, but to everyone, is that basic mathematical uh, expression. Two plus two, working on himself and herself. When we work towards, like, an expansion two plus two is not four two plus two is infinite 
because we will ignite each other. We are igniting each other by sharing our gifts and our talents. And then we will see that we are like a body, like a human body. The human body is made out of millions and billions of cells. But each cell knows what is his or her task or its task. So the cells of the liver, they know that they have to gather with the cells of the liver. And the cells of the skin, made, they know that they just gather with the cells of the skin and so on with every element of our bodies. But they work in synchronicity, creating a human body. The same thing is happening to humanity. The same thing, exactly. We are creating bodies of consciousness where everyone is giving what he or she was created to give. And obviously we are, we are creating and developing new realities and new talents and new gifts. But we are definitely part of a bigger organism that is vibrating at a different frequency. And that is what is expecting us. We need to work on ourselves in order to create that other body that needs to be created by the whole connection and the synchronicity and the working in communities that we are beginning to discover is like this film that we talked about when we met that uh, they, they create like clusters, you know, Clost clusters where everyone is, uh, I don't know, you remember Sense8? That, that, that was the film. <laughs> that in fact, you recommended it to me. But when I saw it, I said, wow, this is it. We are creating this, this, these, these clusters. Probably not the way that the film is made, you know, but in a certain way, it is. Uh, it's just that the expression of that idea takes other dynamic. But at the same time, if that idea has some resonance inside you, then you will see that you are good at certain things and you can participate into the society to create this utopia that we have in our archetypes of what is this new earth. Yeah, what you said about crisis really resonates because it's something that I say to a lot of people, even if they understand or not, but there's only two ways to rise um, and that's through crisis or travel for me. That's how I know it. This is what will shock you, shock your system and kind of like electrify you to wake up a little bit if you choose to take the crisis some people drown in it some people don't want to change once they fall and they want to sit in the dark and the, the for those people i do not understand i don't understand why they why they're not trying to climb the ladder back to the light that's still a mystery to me we talk well, about these it's... continue sorry sorry no, it's the impossibility for some people to to see beyond their noses. But it's not because they it's not because they cannot. It's because they need to go into the crisis. Because from the spiritual point of view, crises are the way that the human mind learns the best. For the spirit, there is nothing good or nothing bad. 
is just our perception of what the reality is that we think that is really bad. But in fact, for the spirit, is a huge discovery, is a huge lesson, and sometimes even big disease or war or, uh, you know, this geno genocide that, that this COVID thing is, uh, from my perspective, is the way that consciousness needs to be expressed in order for consciousness to understand and to learn from that density. So there's nothing good or nothing bad. We don't know because we are just uh, capable of seeing one little tiny piece of what reality is. We talk about these topics, but we still don't know. Would you consider yourself a spiritual person? Spirituality is only another program into our psyche. It's like uh, running, not Windows 98, but I don't know what is the name of the new Windows uh, or the new Mac OS, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just another, another, uh, another program that we have to run into our systems because the human body is, is going in both ways. It's going into deep darkness, but it's also going into deep light. And we are... Uh, beginning to understand that to go to the next dimension, we need to accept our darkness and in fact, learn from it. To like an elastic band, if you go to the darkness, you also go to the light. So both of the aspects are very necessary in order for you to still be in the center and be centered into yourself. But yeah, this, this is it for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in your own words, as you've suggested already, it's just a program. What's the difference between spirituality and religion? No. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Good. Religion is just another, another aspect of what the mind wants to be the path of God, whatever that God is. And that God that we think is God in whatever religion there is. It's just the same thing. Every religion has the same information within. The thing is that if we don't see beyond the words that are written in whatever sacred book there is, then we, we, we won't see. Okay, so I, won't, I don't want to go out of the, of the, of the, of the topic. What is mm -hmm. the difference between religion and spirituality. Religion is something that divides us. Spirituality is something that unites us. Is something, no, is, is, is the path of uniting. Religion is the path of dividing because religion is just another expression of what the mind, the human mind, thinks that it is. Uh, and spirituality is going beyond the mind, is going within, really feeling what is to be human, what is to be into this world. The being that we think we are is not, because being cannot be thought. The first sentence of the Tao Te Ching, the Tao Te Ching, is the Tao that can be named is no longer the Tao. Well, there is a big 
you know, discussion behind just this sentence. Uh, but if you understand it properly, then you see what is the difference between religion and spirituality. How does this program, Spirituality, pragmatically help you with your life here on Earth? It teaches you how to live. It teaches you how to learn from your mistakes. It teaches you how to uh, detox your body, your mind, your heart from the things that are not serving you anymore and discovering who you truly are, accessing the higher realms of what is to be human. That is what spirituality is. What is to be human? In fact, if you want to like uh, put it in words because there is no there are no words for this but is discovering that you are a universal being you are not only human you are absolutely universal and the five senses that we have plus the mind cannot give you the answer to that so spirituality is the way to discover who you truly are if there is a limit to that because there is it is also infinite but at least it gives you a sense of what you are a sense of of the expression of the immensity the grandiosity the divinity that lies within each and every human being so spirituality helps us discover all of who we are, all of what we are. And that, I, yeah. you think, is the key to helping us be here? Yes, because then we stop looking at life so seriously. Because then we start to have fun. Then we start to enjoy every single day. Because then we start to, to create the life that we want with the tools that we have, with everything is there for you to enjoy life at fullest. Use your imagination, use your words, use your emotions, use all the tools that the great masters have given you and understand that this life is to be lived fully. It's not to stop into just being and a slave of the system, a slave of a system that you that you that you don't even like ask to be part of it. It was imposed to you. Is you know, spirituality is the way to see the limitations that have been imposed to the human mind to keep the human spirit enslaved the system cannot stand free spirits the system needs enslaved spirits dehumanized human beings for it to keep on existing that is why it is impossible for that system to keep on living because the the, the mother the mother of the universe, what we call the Pachamama, Shakti, needs to 
awaken into the human mind. It goes beyond it. And it is, it is, it just observe a flower, just observe nature, the oceans, the animals, the creation itself is absolutely astounding. And humans, we make part of that grandiosity. We make part of that divinity. So spirituality is there to teach you who you truly are. You make part of a cosmos. You are a universal being. We all are universal beings. Yeah, and that's very comforting. What do you believe in so much that it makes you feel safe here, that everything is going to be okay? Like this belief acts as a safety blanket, a warm blanket. Well, <laughs> that is something that I've been working on during my whole life. <laughs> and it's trust. trust. Trusting life is something that we, we need to develop since we are very, very young. And there is where I enter with my uh, new role as a father. Mm. My parents didn't have the tools to give me this that is complete trust in life. How do I see that it works? You know, can you stop time? Can you ever stop time? The thing is that consciousness cannot be stopped. Life, the stream of life cannot be stopped. So your life for the being that you think you to be seems to be very important. And it is. But at the same time, it needs to be taken not so seriously. Because in the end, we are all infinite beings. So I am working to really trust in life in two ways. First, developing complete trust in myself. That would be the superficial layer. And secondly, understanding that life cannot be stopped and that I am part of life. And that if I exist is because I was created with the intention of me being part of this life, I will always find a solution or a way out of where I am if I trust myself and if I trust life. Whatever the circumstance that I put myself in, I will find a way out, whether in this life or in the life that is awaiting me in the next year. That in fact is not something that happens the future or the past is just a, a well that's another issue no it's it's just understanding that life that time is not time in fact mm -hmm. it's just only one time that is the the now uh, the here and now is the only time that there is well that's i mean we can talk for hours about this that issue but um yeah you get my my answer is just yeah. trusting myself and trusting life uh, the way that it is and to be honest, I think it's the only answer um, 
personally, that's through my experience this far, I, I now believe I always end up at trust. And that is something that kind of lifts all the weight off my shoulders once I remember it. <laughs> yeah, there are, there, are, there are several tools that we can use there. Uh, first of all is learning and knowing that the solutions will met, will meet your path the, the moment you, you know that there is, an, there is a way out. Because you definitely need a way out. And life will never put you into, into real trouble where you cannot get out of there. Developing that trust in life is just understanding life the way it is. Um, understanding life. Um, that is that is always developing itself. It's just a game. You cannot stop life. Life will always go on. And, uh, we need just to 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 follow the flow of this of this river of the stream. And we are here to manifest the things. Manifest no to create the things that we want. The first uh, tool of that is imagination. Um, if we begin to imagine new ways of creating the reality that we want, then we will begin to trust whatever is there because we are the creators of our own reality. Uh, we are the creators of what we are living. Uh, obviously, we need to clear out many of the, of the toxicity that is within, but then it's just by, by, by working on, on this self-love in the different layers, what is to love yourself. If you discover what is yourself and what is love but at least you have an idea as you begin to work on it anyway yeah that's kind of developing this um this complete understanding that there is nothing that will be stopped or that will will be left behind mm. that's a beautiful a beautiful um state you know the statement they say <laughs> when you die life goes on <laughs> absolutely <laughs> And you go on also. Yeah, and you go on, but but uh, it depends on which dimension, like which plane of consciousness you observe that statement. I'm going yeah, to and... read you a quote by Dr. David Hawkins. He is known for his research in the fields of consciousness and spirituality. I believe he's the person who coined uh, the map of consciousness which it does suggest that as well as just a lot of people talk about the emotional scale of consciousness. And I believe mm -hmm. Dr. David Hawkins was the one who coined that or was open to receiving that information. Um, the quote is, the person who suffers from inner poverty is relentlessly driven to accumulate on the, mater on the material level. What are your thoughts on this? Well, we, how I read this sentence, is and what I understand from this sentence first is that someone that hasn't found the wealth within, he will always be looking without, like outside. Uh, so yeah, we will always want to fill the gaps that are not filled within by the world of the outside. And because we think that the world outside will give us that fulfillment that we're looking for and we will always like try to uh, fill our lives with things and things and things and things and more things 
And uh, once you realize that there is nothing to be filled in on the outside, then your world becomes, your life becomes something very, very simple, very like uh, uh, detached uh, from wherever it is on the outside. And we will begin to live, obviously there are some basic needs, but the basic needs are to breathe, to have water to drink, to sleep, to eat, relationships, a place to live, and the most important basic need is to express your gifts and your talents. Otherwise, in a certain way, you will die uh, little by little. And so those are your needs. There's nothing else. I love that you added uh, the expression within that. It's not something that I had ever categorized under needs. So now you just woke up another, <laughs> another level in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I'm, that I'm uh, offering you something new. <laughs> yeah, it's again, we both know this that we're just mirroring each other. And although we're having a conversation for Between Worlds podcast, we're still mirroring each other. <laughs> so you just That's gave me some un unavoidable. Me. Yeah, exactly. And it's beautiful. Um, I watched one of your Instagram videos. You were saying at night, our spirits leave our bodies. And then when we wake, it re-enters and downloads all the information from that body. Where do you think our spirit goes and what does it do? Oh, so many things. <laughs> we can, we can, I mean, we can develop that sensitivity, but the spirit is working on several parallel realities we can access all the realms of information we are taking a rest of the material world we are entering into the higher into the higher uh, being of ourselves the spirit goes into the soul uh, and then begins to rest there, gathers information, comes back with new ideas, has dreams, have, is living parallel realities at the same time, parallel lives. There's, I mean, we, you can even enter into altered states of consciousness when you are sleeping, and then you go to uh, the, what we call the universal library. Uh, you can uh, uh, develop new worlds inside your imagination and live inside those worlds. You can go into uh, uh, going and visit uh, other realms where that you belong to, because you know your soul has not one spirit. I mean, you are not the only one. You are, have a soul that is. Uh, that has another soul and that has another soul and all so on. Like, it's, like, uh, it's like if you want to find uh, uh, like an analogy is, um, you know, where, is the, the, where are the cells of the blood going every time in your body? Here they are here. At one moment they're here, then they're there, then they have some oxygen, they transfer this oxygen to some other parts. And we are just pieces of consciousness uh, 
just playing the game of being to this density, but we are much more than that. So we're just going to different realities. We, we begin to work into different realms, different parts of what we think we are. And I mean, is immense. Um, I cannot even know what are all those things. I have just experienced some part of it by myself. And that is what I'm working on right now. Okay. What do you suffer from the most? Oh, God. Relationships. I suffer from judgment. I suffer from uh, feeling guilty. I suffer from not putting enough boundaries in my life. I suffer from not knowing what my boundaries are. I suffer from... Uh, yeah, I, I would say that, that, are, that those are my, um, my basic sufferings. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, a way of letting go and detach myself uh, from the things that I'm holding on that are preventing me from being at peace. And uh, it's just going to my definition of what those things that I judge are bad, you know, and uh, looking at the big picture. Uh, but definitely, I am into my own persona. I am into my own Felipe. I am into, I am playing the role of being this Felipe uh, because this is what I know. Although I have experienced a bigger picture, uh, we are inside ourselves. We are inside our persona because we, we came here with that book to be played. Uh, but yeah, this, the, what, the thing that I suffer the most is attachments to definitions that are not allowing me to be at peace. Mm -hmm. And I think that that happens to everyone. Um, it's just a different aspect of the same question. But yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so ha Mr. Hawkins, he has a book, uh, Letting Go the Pathway of Surrender. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to recommend that to you because it just came to my head. No, um, thank you. The Hawking's letting go the, the what? It's so the guy that I quoted earlier, it's I'll send it to you after. Yeah. It's letting go the pathway to surrender. Okay. I think you would really resonate with that book. Thank What's you. your I will look into it. <laughs> for sure. What's your favorite healing modality or practice in general that you have learned this far that works best for you? I mean, yoga, 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 you know a lot of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> whatever serves at that moment my purpose of healing will do its job I have used many things um, for me writing is very important writing is the moment when I begin to connect to my higher self is the moment when I can uh, understand uh, where am I coming from and what are the things that are keeping me from being at peace uh, because by putting whatever is happening into my mind and my emotions into a written concrete and uh, logical sentence allows me to give some order to what is happening 
And after that, then I begin to feel. And whatever the emotions are coming at that moment, I just allow them to be. And mostly, even if it's anger, fear, depression, anxiety, stress, uh, jealousy, everything comes to just some emotion that needs to be seen. And obviously tears come out and uh, uh, maybe pain in, inside the body. And you have to allow that to be. And then I dance or I shake or I just take one pillow and begin to destroy the pillow, at, you know, and, and heat it and, and cry and shout to the pillow. And then I let the emotion out. I let the emotion be. And then suddenly, you know, it's, it's instantaneous, but your life changes. Even if you go through a moment of, of expression, my life changes, my, 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 my emotion changes. Um, I have used sometimes uh, tools as simple as putting a line in my eyes. Uh, and I, I, I put one drop on each eye. And then I go through the journey. There's nothing that is going to happen to me. But in the end, I, I ended doing two things. One of them is crying. And second, laughing. Because I put myself into a ridiculous situation that is in the end is so ridiculous that you see the big picture just by putting some lime inside your eyes. And it's just like a shamanic experience. You know, it's, it's, it's so simple. But at the same time, so powerful. Mm -hmm. There are like mm, there are so many, you know, uh, I don't know, faces that mm -hmm. uh, that uh, uh, healing modality can take. And you know, I have experienced many. And but yeah, I think that that those those. I mean, the first one that I that I described uh, is the the more the one that I have used the most. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's it. I I connect with that too. Writing is huge in my practice. Uh, I wanted to make a joke. Why do rape when you can just put lime in your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely, and it's much be much much better for your for your uh, body because. When you put lime inside your eyes, you are activating the energetic centers of the heart, the liver, gallbladder, and liver, and uh, liver and um, kidneys. Mm -hmm. So actually, you are uh, activating all. I mean, the, the the most important energetic centers that allow you to to digest emotions and the, the nervous system. And uh, so it's kind of it's very powerful. I'm going to have to try it um, with my friend next week. <laughs> Please. And when you do it, you send me a message. I'd love to hear. Your, I, I may uh, even take a video just so we get the whole experience. <laughs> yes. But I have to say, so I haven't fantastic. thought of that. I, I haven't thought of it. I've never seen it during my research. I don't know if this was an intuitive thing that has come for you or if it's something you know. So I'll have I, to try it. I, uh, yeah, well, yeah, the story is beautiful. I was in Turkey. <laughs> I was looking into um, 
uh, a small town where uh, where Rumi lived for I don't know how many how much time how many years of his life, and I went to see Rumi and the place where he lived that was a disaster. But I found a fantastic guy that uh, he happened to be a shaman from Mongolia. Uh, he received his his shamanic state from a from a, a guy from Mongolia, and he was just putting lime on everyone's eyes. And uh, he said, look, work on your thing with some lime inside your eyes. That's all. You don't need to go deeper into whatever. You're just going through it. Go experience the journey and put some intention into it and just do it. And we were all in a circle and we were just passing on the lime to each one of us and we were just laughing. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> so I decided to do it by myself and it works fantastically. Are you putting the lime in an eye drop container and then doing the drops? Are you literally squeezing no. lime into your eye? No, you just uh, you just take one part of the lime very consciously. You take the lime inside your hand in, on your hand. You say, "Okay, I need to work on this specific issue. I am angry with my mother because she didn't do what I wanted her to do." And what is there inside this? My own expectations. Okay, I need to work on my expectations. Then you put the, uh, the lime inside your eyes and then you'll see. <laughs> That's it. Oh, life can be so simple sometimes. So simple. Absolutely. <laughs> the simpler, the better. You were saying that um, one of your other tools is, is dancing or expressing that emotion that comes up and shaking and punching. Is that something that you got from Oshu or is this something intuitively that you started doing as well? I didn't. I, I was in Copangan. I was going through a deep uh, issue in my life. It was my, uh, my sense of uh, self-worth and my uh, also my victimism and i was writing down the moments of my life when i felt victim of the circumstances or of others i began to cry just writing down all my experiences and uh, observing my life uh, in retrospective and then i cried a lot and, but i had a lot to to take out of myself so I went to ecstatic dance for the first time in my life. And it was so therapeutic, so therapeutic that I knew the value of body work and body shaking and dancing with a specific purpose, with a, with a specific intention. Uh, and I literally healed that day from that. Uh, at least I expressed a, a big part of it that was stuck for years and that led me to a new discovery yeah, and that's it. if any what question are you pondering on these days i had a dream and and speaking about lemons <laughs> by the way i had this very <laughs> strange dream that i mean i'm working on remembering my dreams and writing them down writing or recording them in the middle of the night, I just wake up and then record my dreams. And then I had this dream where I was entering a space. Let's say uh, it was like a store or 
It was like a, you know, a space. Uh, and I entered with three limes in my hands, three limes. And then I, then somebody like approached and said, I'm sorry, sir, but you cannot enter with those three limes unless you update them, unless you kind of put them up to date. I don't know how to explain it. Basically, it's mm -hmm. like if you were if you were entering with something that is old inside this room, but in fact, you cannot enter this room unless you have worked on updating those three lines. So the dream for me was I am entering into a new octave of consciousness. But unless I work on these three subjects, I cannot enter and I cannot continue my, my trip. I cannot go into this next octave of consciousness. And what are those three things? That is my quest. I have some idea. <laughs> I have been working on that, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so turning this question more personal. So first thing, uh, scarcity issues. Where do they come from? Why am I so uh, why, like pre like cautious? Uh, why when I when I'm spending my money on myself? Um, you know this. Yeah, this, this scarcity issues, I think. Why do I want to always uh, use, for example, a pencil up to its last moment? Why do I always want to use my shirts when they really cannot be used anymore? Why am I, you know, this, I, I, it's sort of this, this thing that I have in my life. I think that I need to work on that first. Maybe that's one of the things. The other thing is commitment. I am very um, cautious on not making any commitment in my life because I have a definition of freedom that maybe needs to be um, resolved or redefined to find my freedom within the limits. And being a father definitely is challenging me into that aspect. Why am I not wanting to be, to feel committed to be a father? And what is my definition of freedom? And uh, yeah, that's, that will be my second, the second aspect. And the third one is my relationship to the, to the, to the feminine. Mm. My relationship to the, uh, yeah, to the to the divine feminine, mm -hmm. and uh, what? Uh, why am I so untrust untrusty? How do you say? Mm -hmm. like, untrusting. Yeah, why? Um, yeah, untrusting the feminine, not only within me. I mean, basically within me, and because I don't trust my divine femininity, my yin side, then I don't trust obviously my my child's mother uh, femininity you know I don't mm. I don't trust many of the things that she does the way that she sees the world the way that she understands emotions and and so on and so on and so on so yeah I'm working on these issues maybe there are more obviously I mean it's a never-ending story but 
I think those three issues are the most important ones right now in my life. And that is what I've been pondering and contemplating and looking deeper into. I see how it connects because at the beginning I asked you about what was your last epiphany and I understand the octave, the new consciousness octave was your epiphany and the pondering are these three parts that you have to integrate into your life and heal and accept in order to make it to that next octave. Is that, mm -hmm. is that how I'm understanding it? Yes, definitely. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Things just always connect. Um, so we can talk about just about anything. However, our time is up and I have mm. one last question for you. Okay. Now, drum roll. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> life is meaningless. The only meaning that life has is the one that you want to give it to it. Life has no meaning, no purpose on itself. You are the master. You are the one that puts the meaning to your life. What experiences you want to have, what experience of life you want to have, what joy, what, what dishes you want to, uh, to experience in your life. You want to eat octopus. Poor octopuses. I think I was an octopus in my previous life because I feel <laughs> total <laughs> compassion to octopuses on my dish. So I never ask for the octopuses. But I can eat mushrooms. I can have sex with another guy if I want to. I can uh, have sex in groups. I can uh, dance in the middle of uh, a mall. I can just uh, enter into a new store and ask the lady that is in front of the uh, reception so, if yeah. she wants to be my bride. I mean, you name it, you know, life is here <laughs> to be experienced and is meaningless. It's just you who has to put the meaning and, and, and what is the experience of life that you want to have? That is all. Okay, I connect with your answer 100%. So now if I asked you, Felipe, <laughs> what's the meaning of, of your life? Could you answer it right of now? Of course. Okay. Yes. I want to be the master of myself. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. There's a quote by Invictus. Have you, I mean, the, the poem is Invictus. Have, do you know the quote? No. Okay, let me just get it up because I don't want to butcher it. Okay. Um, okay. So, it is a poem called Invictus by Ernest Henley. And he says, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. And that's what that reminds me of. Yes, I think uh, it's very accurate. Obviously, he expresses it in words. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, by being the masters of our life, we are the ones that put that meaning into whatever we do. Uh, for some, it might be to count apples and uh, eat uh, I don't know, lettuce with vinegar. Uh, for others, it might be 
having a fantastic relationship with someone in their lives. For others, it might be living every experience to the fullest. For some of for others, it might be just traveling the world and losing themselves into uh, into the into the waves of whatever is bringing. And uh, for some of us, it's just living the same city, the same town for our whole lives and just going uh, deep into our uh, details of life and uh, complaining about life and having friends here and there and never really getting in touch with the deeper layers of ourselves. And that is okay also, you know, because we don't know what is behind that spirit that wants to, to live. Mm. So every life is meaningful and every every life is also meaningless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's definitely mm-hmm. um, there's definitely a, a way of of getting in touch with, with who we are. Mm. Yeah, that's the constant paradox to life, the whole meaning full and meaningless essence to it and that actually resides with the law of three, the law of six and law of nine. And it's something that I find is very frequent in my life. Um, the whole, uh, why do why do I do this? Because at in that time, there's so much meaning, but then in the moment of silence, <laughs> I feel the void and I feel the meaningless as well. And it, it troubles me. <laughs> it troubles me so much that I, I internalize it like it actually scares me like i think what i feel i think if i translate it it's fear but really it's not fear i think it's my body can't really translate that 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 emptiness and i think that when we translate emptiness it's more it's like something that we fear but really it's nothing to fear if that makes sense well, we fear because we feel that we can, we will die into the void. But in fact, uh, the void is another, another reality, mm-hmm. because that that doesn't exist cannot be imagined, because by definition it doesn't exist. Uh, so the void is just another aspect of ourselves. Also, uh, mm-hmm. it's just that we don't have the tools to understand that void. But we will never. Uh, really uh, yeah we, we, we can never we can we cannot at this instance understand the void uh, because the moment we face the void with the mind then the mind has no ground where to stand and that is a fear and that's just like <laughs> another door that we can't open right now <laughs> <laughs> We can talk for hours. You exactly. Know, we know that yeah. we resonate in certain frequency, and we can just keep on talking and talking. Yeah. But I am very grateful for this interview. I loved it. I I enjoyed it. I am so happy to cross my paths uh, and my path to yours. And uh, yeah, this this interview just opens my mind to new chapters and new. Um, yeah, new ways of of uh, of connecting with people, and maybe I I have some idea of what I want to do, uh, following your path also, mm-hmm. and beginning to talk to speak more about my what is my truth, mm-hmm. even if it's just a a very limited aspect of what the truth might be. 
-hmm. And uh, yes, thank you very much, Tina. I'm happy I impacted you in that way. And thank you. You're so practical and honest and disciplined and really well researched. And also you're expressing yourself not in your mother tongue. So you did so well. <laughs> and thank you so much, Felipe. I'm really happy we met and I look forward to seeing you again very, very soon. All the love for you and your family and your baby. And for everyone, if you think anyone you know make it a rise out of this, please do share, like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Infinite love and gratitude. <laughs>